This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. From Cancelo to Copenhagen, penalty misses to the massacre against Madrid, City's Champions League journey has been one hell of a ride. It's Wednesday the 7th of June. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Joe Ritchie. I'm John Ashley. I'm Eric Laporte. <laughs> and this is the City Report podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United one, Manchester City six. It's two for Jekko. Tottenham Hotspur three, Manchester City four. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find your favorite brews for refreshingly low prices. With a wide selection of ales, wines, ciders, and more, there's no better time to place your order and start the summer off right. Listeners to this show can snatch five pounds off their next order with the discount code CityPod05. That's CityPod05. UK only, terms and conditions apply. Drink responsibly. We've got Mulv in the house. We've not got Eric, unfortunately, although I'm <laughs> sure you by now you'd have been doing the bloody the, the hand dancing and all sorts of different <laughs> moves. But Mulv, man, how's how you doing? Good to have um, you. I'm brilliant. It's great to see your faces. Thanks for having me on. It's okay. If this is what we can do when City are in the week leading up to the Champions League final, we need to make it more often. Joe, it's been it's been a hot minute. It's good to have you back. Well, Thank you, saying yeah. that, it's good to have you back, but it's also good to have your back because I know you've been having issues <laughs> with you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to be back and good to somewhat have a functioning back. Uh, yeah, I decided to just come back when we were in a Champions League final uh, week build-up. Yeah. I feel like that seems like a fair time to come back on the pod. <laughs> yeah, fair play, man, fair play. And unlike Liverpool, we have got the quadruple with us. John, how's things? Uh, pretty good, although I've just realised I'm sitting at our kitchen table and my daughter had pancakes this morning with maple oh. syrup and it has not been cleaned up since. So I am currently <laughs> making sure that all my devices stay 
maple syrup free. Nice. Unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, just just how you want your devices, maple syrup free. Um, well, if you haven't already, go back this uh, after you've listened to this. Of course, we've done two episodes so far this week, mainly covering the FA Cup, a little bit of uh, Inter Milan chat. But before we do, obviously, uh, brand new brand new show for this week for the three of you. So quickly, I'll give you twenty seconds. Starting with you, Joe. Manchester Derby win in the FA Cup final. How did that feel? Uh, stressful, annoyed. And then thrilled was pretty much my 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 feelings throughout the match. Uh, but at the end of the day, another trophy in the trophy case, and mm-hmm. um, got to see a lot of pathetic United fans wear bucket hats <laughs> out of the stadium, and I've never been happier. So it was so funny. It was so funny, John. <laughs> um, I, I don't think even you would have dreamt of that growing up, would you? In Manchester, it was superb. It was it was superb and terrifying in equal measure. I think. <laughs> You know, it, I, I think you said it as well, Amos. When when we scored in the thirteenth second, my first thought was it's too early. It's like it's, it's way, 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 way too early. Like ninety eight minutes too early. And so, I, I think you know, City are so good these days. We're, we're top dogs in Manchester. There's no doubt about that. And so, it's more like the the fear is different. It's not like oh, we're going to get slaughtered. It's like are we going to mess it up? instead mm-hmm. and that's, that's a very different place to be very unfamiliar still and and so having that you know especially when you add being in front from 20 seconds onwards <laughs> it's just you know you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and, th- and then it did but th- you know supreme confidence by the lads second half mm-hmm. and just managed it managed it out and it was pretty pretty kind of yeah. plain sailing in the end yeah, ballsy performance in the end. Uh, Mulv, you and your your partner in crime, Jerry McHugh, as I'm sure a lot of the <laughs> listeners know, you did a fantastic job on your on your sort of your, your rewind on the on the game. But Johnny Marr, Mister Johnny Marr, he, uh, <laughs> he 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 drops in at the start, didn't he? A little bit of a little bit of a jingle to get things going to the tune of uh, City tearing Cockneys apart again. It, whatever happens on Saturday, that for me is going to go down as one of the greatest days of all time. Yeah, it's brilliant to go through them to hopefully achieve, you know, you know, to make this history. I mean, we've already done it, but you know, there's one more we've got um, to to look back on it and say we went through them to do it. Will be sort of the icing on the cake, won't it? Mm. Yeah, and uh, from Johnny Marr to the Griddy, <laughs> that, that was that, that, that was one of my moments of the weekend. I have to say, what it was incredible. I, I went from on my timeline, genuinely on my timeline. I had Elton John and Pep Guardiola dancing in the in a, on an airport runway, singing your song, and then underneath it, I had Mulv doing the Griddy. It was fantastic, ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Absolutely. This football club, it does funny things to you. Yeah, um, right, okay, today's <laughs> topic then. We're gonna we're gonna sort of take a rewind and we're gonna look at Manchester City's Champions League run so far before sort of later on in the week taking a look at the game itself. But I wanna take you, Joe, um, and I'd love to take you here, but unfortunately I don't have the funds to to facilitate it. But I wanna take you back to September and Seville in particular on a on a very warm night when City's Champions League campaign got underway, a four nil win, and it was in that moment where Erling Haaland scoring goals was still a novelty for us. I think he popped up with two that day. Foden may have got another one and and Ruben Diaz, of all people, popping up with the fourth in added time. But that was the sort of the first moment, wasn't it, 
of City's Champions League campaign this year. And, and a lot of the talk building up to it had been about Haaland and how City didn't need to improve in the Premier League as such, albeit, you know, adding a goal scorer helped. But it was this competition he was brought into to really help City. And, and from that moment on, really, we saw just why he's so revered, especially in Europe. Yeah, it, it definitely felt, I mean, he had already been tearing up the Premier League, but it really did kind of feel like his coming out party for City. Um, two goals that just looked so easy for him. Um, for anyone else, I think we'd probably be applauding them, you know, all night long. But for him, it was just, yeah, okay, that's all. And two goals next uh, in 70 minutes, my dad. So he didn't even do the full 90. Um, and what was interesting, I was looking back at that match, you know, before we hit record and, um just looking at that lineup too and, and how much City's formation and also personnel has changed since. Um, you know, that night had Sergio Gomez and Jao Cancelo at fullback in a back four. Mm. And and it had, you know, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish as your wingers. And, you know, we're not seeing as much of Phil. So it's just interesting to see, obviously, a great result that night, 4-0. But just to see how much City have changed as a team um, to still find themselves in a final uh, in, in a few short days is, is really just kind of fascinating to take that step back and see where we've come from. John, did you, did you, it's, it's easy to say now, isn't it? But there's been a lot that's happened this season, including a massive World Cup break in the middle of it, which is really disjointed for me anyway, my memory more than anything. But mm. did you have the sort of, from that, from those first sort of games, and we'll get on to the other group stage matches in a moment, but did it feel different, this Champions League to you? Did it feel like it had the essence of a sort of a late run? And I'm not going to say a final, I'm not even going to say a victory, but it, did it feel like, you know, City had obviously done the semi-final the year before, they'd done the final the year before that, but under Guardiola, Champions League had still been a bit of, well, there was that quarter-final curse for a while, didn't there? And, and yeah. I think this year, City have really established themselves in that upper echelon of regular semi-finalists. But did it feel like that at the time, do you think? This season's competition, because of the World Cup, I think the the final game at the group stage was like November third or something like mm. that. The one that Rico Lewis scored in, like it feels like two different competitions in some ways. Uh, mm. And the group the group stage and the knockout stages are obviously very very different, but the way that City have approached, I think, the group stage versus the the knockout stages has also been very, very different as well. Mm. And um, just just to hark back to that severe game for a second, I think that was the only game this season where we saw the the maroon shorts uh, yeah, for point. the men's team. Um, <laughs> and I wouldn't have minded seeing it, seeing a bit more of those. And the, you know that that performance was fantastic in those shorts. But that's uh, beside the point. But I, I do think that the the longer break. Um, I think maybe helped City's season in general in terms of mm. being able to focus on domestic, uh, getting the domestic form back on track earlier in the season, although it was later in the year, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, um, because of the World Cup. And so I think having a bit more time to kind of get back up to speed uh, it w- was, was very, very helpful and not kind of hitting the you know, the quarterfinals of the Champions League at a time when we really were needing to to kind of mm. massively kick on to even have a chance to stay in the Premier League title race at that point. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It, 
I think at the time we were looking at that World Cup break and we're going, oh, it's going to cause so many injuries in the back half of the season. I think there's some teams probably, even United, you know, uh, Lissandro Martinez, um, Anthony, he was another player missing for them at the weekend. They've had some injuries which may be World Cup related. But for City, it felt like a nice point just to sort of break away and recharge. And, and obviously that came after uh, finishing top of the group stage. But but Mo, what, what, what what's your general thoughts and opinions on the Champions League group stage itself? Because I think... Since City have really sort of established themselves as a regular sort of pot one team, um, I'm trying to kind of really think of the last time City weren't in pot one, you know, going back to the days of Ajax, Dortmund, Real Madrid in the group, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. City are being afforded the likes of Sevilla, Copenhagen, Dortmund. I always find this somewhat of a non-event, but as John says, it can be great to really sort of find a rhythm, get the team going, matches which have consequence, but don't necessarily have a lot riding on them individually, obviously as a collective they're important, but do, do, you, do you take much notice of those early games, like a 4-0 win against Sevilla? How important are they sort of come down the line in, in the May, the Junes, when trophies are on the line? Yeah, not so much. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, mm. Because the, the group stage is more, you know, the league format, right? Where you yeah, get to yeah, play yeah. everybody twice uh, versus, you know, the knockouts, which is knockout format. Um, you know, Pep is a, is a league winner, you know? Mm. So he, he, he's going to, you know, you give him the chance to play teams outside of the Premier League. And again, like you said, we're, we're one, we're a pot one team perennial, perennially. <laughs> edit that out um, <laughs> um so it's gonna it's gonna yeah. be a cruise in it you know yeah. um the, the premier league is just it's just so far you know better talent wise than uh, some of the other leagues that you pay you play in the second or third or fourth best teams from around europe in their leagues and you know that typically we're just going to walk those games yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll stick with you, Mo, because I think one of the, the highlights from that um, group stage campaign was the home game against Borussia Dortmund when, if you remember, a, a freshly faced Jude Bellingham rocked up and he, he yeah. did that pretty cold celebration in front of the, the South Stand arms aloft. And I think that was the point where Liverpool fans were frothing at the mouth because <laughs> I think Salah did a celebration of the same ilk a few years ago or something like that. But, you know, up until about the 75th minute, City were losing and it, and it looked like, oh, and, you know, Dortmund going into sort of match day three match day four top of the table could cause City a few problems and City maybe you know could finish second but then as was the case at that sort of September October period comeback Kings and and City I, I'll take you back to the to the, the goal itself one of my favourite goals of the season early in Harland defying gravity a back mm. heel scorpion kick or something like that and yeah, that Cancelo, again going back yeah. to yeah that outside the, the man who shall not be named but we will have to name him <laughs> for obvious reasons but um that that game was probably one of the the highlights of that pre World Cup period. Where does that goal rank above sort of Erling Haaland's repertoire so far this season? It, it, does it does it eclipse the Southampton bicycle kit for you? Yeah, possibly because of the stage. Um, who it was against? Uh, was it his first acrobatic goal in a City kit? I think probably. <laughs> yeah. um, well, what a sentence, by the way! The first <laughs> acrobatic goal in a City kit. Yeah, I mean, I remember all the the still shots of it. Um, mm. Incredible. Yeah, I think he really sort of announced himself there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of City's best ever Champions League goals. I think just the delivery from Cancelo, mm. um, he's really good at that. And then that finish is uh, world class. Yeah, Don't absolutely. sleep on, on Johnny Stones' goal in that, I was in that game true. either. <laughs> true. 
questionable keeping i have to say i was i was looking back through the goals and i think i don't think he was expecting it to be fair yeah true to be to be fair who was he just sort of pings up sort of uh midway through the the dotted half and just wellies it but but john that that, again you know so many storylines from this season i think this is why this is turning into obviously trophies aside but one of my most sort of one of the best seasons for following City just because everywhere you look there's a different storyline there's a different narrative you mentioned him before Rico Lewis who pops up in the story a little bit later on but John Stones again scoring from what 30 yards out when have we ever seen John Stones score a goal like that and and I feel like the confidence being instilled in the players this year even though we had bad patches even though you know Guardiola said the League Cup game against Southampton was the worst he's seen in the City dugout it feels like there's a a different feel around the club and, and especially in this competition it feels like having hurt, had the heartbreak of previous years they're allowing themselves to express it a little bit more yeah I think in general it's almost as if City have to create a problem for themselves mm. for Guardiola to solve and like get it like almost like Gonna sound starting like tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist here for a second, but like it's almost as if like the, the players start playing badly around like <laughs> late late November, like between you know up into the December yeah. time before we go on that inevitable run, just to like activate Pep Guardiola mm. and be like, all right, I've got something to do now. Like uh, uh, let me let me figure this out, and yeah. he's done that. Uh, this season again with with the formation tweak, uh, putting John Stones in that midfield role where he's just, I think I did, by the way, about two years ago, say I think John Stones would be decent in, in that defensive mm. midfield position. I'm going to have to find that somewhere. You, and, did. Uh, you did. Okay. You okay. Did. Thanks, Joe. Joe's back. Yeah. Humble little brag there. Yeah, I think I did. He knows exactly what date, what time, <laughs> what episode. He's got I think it was like clip. 32 minutes, 12 seconds in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, at least Joe knows it. I don't, but that, you can put it in the notes afterwards, Joe. Uh, but yeah. yeah, just just those 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 problems that he he kind of thrives on solving those, and I think the team then thrives on you know initially what is going on here, but then eventually they're like, this is you know we, we see mm-hmm. what 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 has happened, and you know all the players say that he is so that Pep is so good at explaining things in very simple terms that they're able to kind of go on that journey with him. And I think at the end of the day, that's why he's such an incredible coach because the players are, are kind of following along and get it and understand the rationale for what he's doing. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. That makes absolutely total sense. Um, just to sort of wrap, to move towards wrapping the group stage because there's a few sort of non-event games in there. Uh, Copenhagen 5-0 win, fantastic. Julian Alvarez shining. Back-to-back, nil-nil draws against Copenhagen and Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, one of those being the one I was at. Spent a hell, hell of a lot of money over to Dortmund. A fantastic, fantastic trip, but nil-nil draw. Mara's missed penalty. Less said about that. Um, Joe, I want to touch on quickly then the, the final group game. And, and we've mentioned his name a couple of times. Rico Lewis. A star was born in that moment, really, wasn't it? City had wrapped up top spot in the group. They knew that they didn't need to do anything. It was a, it was a dead rubber. And then up pops this sort of... 
he always it looked like he had the smallest size kit possible on, but it was still too big for him. You know, a little scrawny teenager just knocking about. He, he was playing right back at that time, I think it was, um, mm. up in the second half, City losing. <clears throat> Fwacks it. I think that's the only word you can really describe it. Fires it past. You know, Sevilla went on to win the Europa League, don't uh, we, we know, from this point on. But that how, how important going into the second half of the season, particularly the Premier League campaign, was that moment Rico Lewis showing Pep Guardiola, yes, it's a dead rubber, but I am a class above. I am able to come into the team and I am able to improve it. It, Yeah, I mean, it really felt like it was that for both him and Alvarez to some extent. I mean, Alvarez had a goal and, and two assists that game as well. But for Rico, I mean, I remember, you know, we saw bits and pieces of him in preseason, but there's been a lot of youth players that have come up through the academy at City that we've always heard about, you know, the Brahim Diaz is the the Ronnie Lopez is the Cole Palmer's Phil Foden's, et cetera. I feel like with Rico and maybe it's just because the position's not one of the wingers, strikers, midfield positions, but we didn't really hear a lot about him as far as he's this next up and coming thing. I think mm-hmm. if he looked hard enough, it was always, you know, he was always the captain. He was always, you know, well-respected, played the position well, but I don't think people thought, Hey, we might have a Kyle Walker replacement. We, we might have, you know, a Rodri mm-hmm. alternative, whatever it may be. But this game in particular, I, I'm with you 100%. It, it just felt like everyone kind of turned their head, wait, wait a second, what do we have on our hands here? This kid, <laughs> this kid's pretty special. And it really went on to, you know, obviously, like you said, that game, it was right back, but he really changed how City's whole season went tactically because when he went into that tucked in role, it was almost like he was showing John mm-hmm. Stones, a little bit of a kanji, the ropes of how to do that position. This is an 18-year-old and a Pep Guardiola Manchester City side doing that. And it all, to me, that goal, you know, this may be a bit of hyperbole, but I feel like that goal in particular really set him off because, you know, you're not expecting him to play. You're not expecting him to play well, let alone score a goal in the Champions League. And to have, an you know, an outing like that, I just think did him a world of good. And, you know, I think it's a player we're going to be, you know, praising his name for for many, many years to come because of it. Yes, certainly. I think Adam described it on on yesterday's show. He said uh, Rico Lewis ran so John Stones could walk or something like that. And it's crazy to think about, isn't it? An eighteen year old teenager so... kid. He's, he's just just about an adult. He's not even allowed a beer in the in the changing room celebrations. And he's sort of setting the stones for a player ten years his senior. Um, okay, that'll do for part one. That'll do for the group stages. Like I said, we'll swim through them because the knockout stages, which we'll get onto in very quickly, is where all the goodness happened. This episode of the City Report podcast is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find your favorite brews for refreshingly low prices. Start the summer off right by ordering one of Beer Monster's draft tap machines so you, the listener, can pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. Listeners to this show can snatch a further five pounds off their next order with the discount code CityPod05. That's CityPod05. UK only, T's and C's apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your hump day, and I hope it's anything but a hump day on Wednesday. Plenty to look forward to still to come this week. Um, Right, Mulv, Leipzig. This was probably, if you take the first leg away, 1-1, the second leg, 7-0 at (laughs) home. Is it's ever been a more contrasting tie? I mean, that first, like, I remember sort of going on Twitter afterwards and it was like, right result, wrong performance. It felt like the sort of, it was in that middle of that run where City weren't doing very well. It was February the 22nd, the date. Fast forward about three weeks later, dear me, 
I think that was probably the starting point of the city we know now, wasn't it? Erling Haaland, yeah. five-goal hero. It, that, that, let's stick with the second leg because the first leg was front of another word shit but that second like <laughs> that was liquid football wasn't it it was it was the start of a real theme for this um well you know the back half of the premier league season and and i think particularly the um the champions league knockouts is this theme of going away keeping it really tight bringing them back to the etihad and just smashing them mm. you know what i mean um because of the confidence and the yeah, just the confidence of playing at home. Um, and this was, I think, the first step in, uh, in that theme, smashing Leipzig 7-0. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was one of them games. I've always wanted City to have one of those games in Europe. You know, you've seen Messi do it with Barcelona before. You've seen Bayern Munich, Lewandowski. But one of those, Joe, where it's bang, 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 goal, goal, goal. And, and it felt like that for Haaland. Granted, you know, they were falling to him five yards out in an open net. But you need that as a striker, don't you, in those moments? And, and that Leipzig game, as Morv says, it, it sort of sparked the fire, didn't it, of City in Europe just looking unbeatable. And, and, you know, Grealish later on, I think it was after the Real Madrid game, he mentioned that. We just feel unbeatable at this ground. And, and what is it about the Etihad, do you think, that sort of has, has flicked the switch? Because it's always been lambasted, obviously, atmosphere-wise. And, and by no means is it, a, is it an Allianz, is it an, a signal Aduna Park or anything like that. It's, you know, it's lively. It gets up for it. But even Champions League nights sometimes are a bit of a, a chore. But why, why are City so domi- dominant at, at home in Europe? Well, I mean, it really is an incredible run that they've been on at home. I think, I want to say it's the second or third longest unbeaten run at home in the Champions League, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible when you think about you know how deep into the competition City have been going. Um, I mean, it's interesting. The first, My first ever City game was actually a home Champions League match against Shakhtar in 2019. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been any of three years prior because it seemed like they always played them. But um, <laughs> the atmosphere... I remember I was feeling a little underwhelmed and Mm -hmm. I was still thrilled to be there, all that. But yeah, the atmosphere was not something to write home about. It feels like, and you know, it's probably not fair to the rest of the team to say this, but it feels like the Holland effect has really Mm. gotten the fans up for this competition. I know me personally, I mean, I'd still always pick the Premier League, but this is the first year that I've really felt invested in the champions league. And I'm not saying that now that we're in the final, I've felt Mm -hmm. it really since the knockout stage or excuse me, since the group stage. Um, And, and I just think that signing of Holland really was a signing of intent to, you know, city basically saying that we will win this competition. We, we identify what we've been missing. You know, we can go back to all the matches, all the quarterfinals, semifinals where chance after chance after chance gets missed. Not anymore. Not anymore. And I think this Leipzig match, you know, was the exact reason why you bring in an Erling Holland. Yes, some fell to him, but you have to be in those positions mm-hmm. for them to fall to you. And that's what Holland does. Five goals. Um, again, like I said earlier, didn't play 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, he just a game where you're like, okay, we have something special going here. And I think obviously not as someone who's a regular match going fan, but I think the fans see that and recognize that now more than ever. And it just feels like that's one of the many reasons why the Etihad has been a great fan base and even to take that a step further just to give city fans their credit i mean this past weekend at at wembley there was clips Mm. i saw united posted oh our fans are great you hear city fans chanting the whole time (laughs) there's thirty thousand of them so i think you know there needs to be a little bit of credit there but obviously i'm in the minority of uh being the the stateside fellow who obviously doesn't have as much experience as the three of you so i'll let you guys touch upon it on that though joe holland 
is always geeing up the fans too. So not only have you, you know, is he putting fans in the seats um, on those nights and, 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 and inspiring them to be, you know, loud, but um, he's on the pitch, like winding them all up, mm. you know, which, mm. you know, I love Aguero, but that was never really his thing, was it? <laughs> I think as well, the, the home form and, and just the, the way that we've blown teams away has been the thing that has, obviously, it's, it's gotten us through uh, in terms of results. But also, I still think we've faced the same amount of like uh, controversy and you know acrimonious decisions mm. uh, in those, especially in those away legs that in previous seasons would potentially have been pivotal. So I'm thinking about the, the, the Leipzig game when we had that Mm-hmm. Penalty shout very, very late. Uh, Fadiol's goal, again, for, for Leipzig was was questionable because he was like all over Rodri. Um, the penalty decision against Akanji in um, in Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, I, th- I think there was one... Um, I mean, the Real Madrid game at the Burnham Real Madrid game, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, each of the... In previous seasons, we could have fallen at any of those hurdles, mm-hmm. but our home form has just been so unbelievable that the away games haven't really mattered. And Pep being so confident and the team being so confident just to be like, we're going to shut up shop and just play out a 1-1 draw in each of those away legs. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that really worked in our favour, I think, in the second leg against Bayern, which was our, you know, our first away leg. Uh, sorry, we play, playing the away leg second and just being like, all right, we know what we've got. We just, we don't need to, you know, it was kind of like the reverse Monaco, basically, <laughs> yeah. for, from Pep's yeah. first season. It's like, we don't need to, you know, we, we've we've learned our lessons. We can, you know, they'll probably get a dodgy penalty. They did. We got a dodgy penalty as well. We missed that again. Previous seasons, mm-hmm. City go out because of that. But because of the home form, we were fine. I think there's a mutual acknowledgement between the fans and the players that something special is happening at the Etihad. Mm. So I think that just has got everybody, all the energy is uh, is happening this season. It's great. And I've always heard that Istanbul is the Manchester of, of the East. So we, <laughs> we should be fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We just need to we just need to transfer uh, Mary D's across to Istanbul. Yeah, the locals yeah. would love that as well. And but you know, you, you guys are absolutely spot on. And, and one point that hasn't been touched upon, which I think is important in relation to the home form. And John, I'll, I'll throw it straight back to you because it moves us on to the Bayern Munich game, which of course the the home leg was a three 0 win. But the clean sheets and that mm-hmm. you know think about. Take, take the Real Madrid game, for example. I know we're sort of crisscrossing a little bit, but last season we put four past Real Madrid at home, but conceded three. This season we put four past Real Madrid at home and conceded none. Firstly, what is it? That's the difference. Is it just, you know, sheer luck? Spoiler, I don't think it is. Secondly, how crucial is it to be able to score goals, but at the opposite end, not have those moments of sort of fragility we've seen City teams against Monaco, against Spurs, against Real Madrid in this competition is, do you just have to sort of be beaten enough times to learn from it? Is, is, is it that simple to win in the Champions League, John? I do think experience really does count in this competition. And I, I think recognising when it's not your day to try and force it is only going to really end up biting you, especially in a two-legged affair. Uh, and I think the conservatism that City have shown in the away legs has been... I think an education for the fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think 
we were taught, I heard on a, a podcast recently about how the fans in the stadium on on Saturday in the in the in the, the cup final, when you know Harland goes through, uh, he's kind of almost one on one with the hair with like a, a minute to go, and rather than kind of mm. the, the City fans cheering him on to go in on goal, they're like go for the corner, <laughs> go for the corner, and he does, yeah. and he wins a corner, and we celebrate it as much as as much as if he put the third goal away. I, I think the you know the, the stability as well of having Pep Guardiola for this long, uh, mm. and just just a manager for this long. I, the, you know mm. the difference in approach of Mancini versus Pellegrini, and then going into to Guardiola, I, I think was whiplash for, for for several other players. And I think now Guardiola's in what his seventh season with City. Mm-hmm. There's is it, is it sixth or seventh? One of the two. Um, seventh, yeah, seventh. Um, you know the. The, the DNA of the club is is fully Guardiola now, and and I think they're aware of the things that, that are the shortfalls that we can potentially stop us, and you know they're also kind of honest about it that it might stop us. Uh, we we might not win on on Saturday, yeah. but we, I feel like regardless of that, we're in a much better position to attack these competi- this competition than we have been ever before. Yeah, absolutely. And Mulvin, your on your show this week, you you mentioned the, the sort of the mantra that a lot of the players have been coming out with in the sense of no mistakes, no mistakes, no mistakes. And that, and that's much easier said than done, isn't it? You know, I can start a working day and so and say no mistakes, but you know, I'm, I'm bound to. Humans make mistakes. But how how do you build a sort of a mentality, a collectiveness where that can sort of come to fruition? And say, for example, a Kanji gives the ball away at the halfway line. You still got Ruben Diaz to make a, a last ditch goal saving block you've still got John Stones to sweep it up that I, I think like again the, the most impressive thing for this along with the clean sheets is the sort of the the belief within the team the belief that you know for example in other Champions League ties you can remember moments where players have had spats at each other in the middle of a game you know Chris calling each other out and fair enough it's professional sport it happens but on top of that as well how important has Edison's return to form been in that no mistakes mantra as well yeah huge actually um, yeah, Edison has really turned it on, turned up his focus massively in the last couple months. And, you know, he, he gets a lot of stick from City fans because he's not a courtois in the Champions mm-hmm. League. Um, but he's made some massive saves and obviously been immaculate with his feet. So, but the, the no mistakes thing is huge. I mean, it, one of the things you can't, you, I know you said it was easier said than done, but one of the things you can do is you can go back to the scene of the crime last year's Champions League exit, and you can bin that guy off, um, you know, to uh, to Germany. Um, that's one thing you to can do. To this team, to buy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and also, uh, I'm, I'm not going to name any names here, but I think players that have been prone to mistakes have found themselves further down the pecking order in mm. the uh, in terms of getting into the starting eleven. Um, it's definitely a, a a control, a no mistakes eleven that has 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 you know been conquering so far in in these last stages of of both um, tournaments, Premier League mm-hmm. and and Champions League. Um, so yeah, there are things you can do. Uh, Pep has done them, I think, and the mentality is just is just right. And and isn't it fitting too that you know Manchester City's record signing is. Jack Grealish at 100 million pounds, who really embodies everything we're talking about. He's not going to get you 20 goals, 20 assists a season. He's not going to beat your man going, you know, 25 miles an hour down the wing like Kyle Walker. He's going to control the game 
and he's brought in just as much. I made this point, I think maybe a month or so ago, how Erling Holland was brought in for the Champions League. I totally get that. Jack Grealish has been just as important in the sense that we've learned from our mistakes. We've learned that it can't be a basketball game. It can't be end-to-end. You need to have that piece mm-hmm. of control. And every time Jack's touched the ball in the knockout stage, it just it, it feels like you can take a, a deep breath because you know he's going to make the right decision. And to me, that that flows into the rest of the team. You look at Bernardo Silva coming in. It's not Riyad Mars. It's not Phil Foden on the right ring. It's Bernardo Silva because mm-hmm. Pep wants more control. John Stone's tucking into midfield, providing that extra body next to Rodri for more control. It's It started off being a little rocky a couple months ago when they tried to institute that. It wasn't the most free-flowing team that, that we've seen under Pep, but it really feels like they're, I don't want to say peaking, but you know, hitting this mm. you know, run of form at the right time, understanding this formation, understanding that they're not held to this formation either. They can be flexible with personnel, with with different tactics. So it just, it, it seems like everything's coming together at the right time and they've learned from their mistakes in this competition in the past. And, and yeah, it, you, you, I think at the end of last season, when we got beat by Real Madrid, I said, you know, City will win the Champions League one day. I'm sure of that. It might be 30 years from now. It might be 12 months from now, but you have to feel those heartbreak, those losses, those defeats. You know, City have had plenty of them, but you need them to know where you've gone wrong. It is a is a bastard of a competition. And, and John, um, we'll move on to Real Madrid to finish off then. But when that draw was made, because obviously they did the quarterfinal and the semifinal bracket at the same time, and we're looking over with envious eyes at the other side, I think it was Napoli versus AC Milan, Inter versus Benfica, thinking, Jesus, if we'd just been placed in one of them, it could have been a free hit at the final. Truthfully, did you feel like a Bayern versus Real Madrid sort of quarterfinal, semifinal, would have seen City through to the final? For me, I saw the quarterfinal against Bayern. I said, that's winnable. But I saw the semi against Real Madrid and thought, oh no, here we go again. I don't know. I actually kind of saw it. As the, as the other way around in, in, in some respects, just because Bayern are a lot more unknown in terms of the matchup against City. I think City would have been confident going into that a game against Real Madrid. I was more worried that Chelsea would somehow turn over Real Madrid and we'd end up, I, I just, there's, not, <laughs> there's nothing worse for me than playing another English team in Europe. It's just, they, there's just something about that that City still have not yet cracked. And I think that's one of the reasons we've kind of gotten to the stage that we have with such no, I wouldn't say ease necessarily, but just you know, as well as we have done, uh, and I'm and I'm so glad that we're playing a non-English team in the mm-hmm. final. Um, that's you know that, that it feels like you know in, in some ways 2021 didn't didn't really didn't overly feel like a proper no. Champions League final. It wasn't a full stadium for one thing because of COVID, but also it was against Chelsea and it just didn't I don't know it didn't quite feel right, but. I was worried that we were going to end up with 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 Chelsea and you know their their new manager bounce um, new old we, manager old, old you, what, manager. like <laughs> Lampard was somehow going to pull off a, a Roberto Di Matteo and and, and <laughs> yeah, sneak yeah. and sneak them um, where, it, where it turns out it was actually uh, Gundogan pulling off the Di Matteos for City this nice. season instead um, Middlesbrough uh, Chelsea in the the ninety. Eight cup finalists and the like nichest of references. Yeah, the niche. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I'll. Yeah, I just just for the younger John Ashley young, younger listeners. Um, but yeah, I, I think I was I was confident if, if we actually did get Madrid again because I think City and, and, and Pep particularly that they're a team who learn and they were they were by far the better team across both legs last season and it was the moments that. They just couldn't. They couldn't manage, and I think more than anything else this season, they've shown that they can. 
they can manage those tough moments when they're not in the ascendancy a lot better than they have done in in any season you know under under Guardiola to date and, and and again the complexion of the tie I think really helped that in the fact that City went away to Real Madrid first I, I said and I will go back and say I'm Huge. glad we drew 1-1 instead of winning 1-0 because I think going back with a 1-0 lead changes the entire feel of that second leg you're trying to defend you go at it from the start and move you know minute, minute one I think Carlo Ancelotti said in his pre-match press conferences, we have to stop City. Uh, Sorry, we know City will score early. It's about what we do after it. It wasn't as early as it has been in recent years in in those big matches. But from that whole entire 95 minutes or whatever it was, there was only one winner. And this is 14-time champion Real Madrid we're speaking about. And City made them like school children. One of the most complete performances I've ever seen in my life, man, Um, Mm. against them. And yeah, it, it... it's an aging team and whatever at, at Madrid, but it's not. It's not really the players that you're trying to beat. It's the, it's the vibes. It's, yes. it's the heritage. It's the yeah. It's the voodoo that they've got. You know, uh, the hoodoo, whatever. Like Van Dyke's aura, isn't it? When <laughs> yeah, it, when it yeah. Off, they've it got an aura. Family. You have to beat their aura. <laughs> is is thank you, Amos. Um, and yeah again going back to what i said before it was it was a mistake free performance and we were in a high gear um we've been able to like like say the fa cup final i felt like we weren't in a top gear but because we made no mistakes the only gift they got was from the referee really mm-hmm. and yeah. um we're that good that we're able to beat teams in a low gear as long you know because we don't make any mistakes um and it was it was one of those but actually we were in a pretty high gear i felt and we didn't make mistakes so it, we were clear. We were. We were. It was three nil, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah, was it three absolutely. or four? Four. 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 Yeah, four Alvarez nil. at the end. Four <laughs> nil. So yeah, I mean, I think we were that. That didn't flatter us. That was. That was a complete performance. And and I cannot remember a single shot they had. I think Tony Cruz might have hit the bar. Hit the crossbar. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was from about forty-five yards out, wasn't it? He was basically thudding Mary D's. Um, right, okay, and let's 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 wrap then. And, and a question for you all before we get out of here. But like I said, it, it's been an absolutely incredible Champions League run. Whatever happens on Saturday, this has been one of the iconic tournament well I think it's probably City's best Champions League run the final run in 2021 wasn't wasn't nearly as impressive as this but um Joe we've been obviously been through all the matches there been all through all the ties give me one moment from the tournament so far from the Champions League run so far not necessarily a you know a win maybe more a goal a passage of play someone that happened something that happens one moment that sticks out for you from this Champions League run um I mean, it's hard to look past, I know you said not the game, but I think just the the whistle being blown full-time against Real Madrid was the first Mm. time that I've truly believed City could win this competition. I think, you know, against Chelsea, on paper, City were probably the favorites, but I had, I mean, I watched that game with with John and, you know, one of our former co-hosts, Kevin, and I remember I was was sweating the whole day, I was nervous, I didn't really have the confidence – this is mm-hmm. the first time I've truly believed that City have the right pieces, the right formula, the right mentality, obviously the right manager. And um, it it took, you know, up until beating Real Madrid for nothing for me to feel that. But it, it just felt like the mentality, and I don't want to say the aura because we're not Real Madrid, but just that, that belief within the squad. You hear them talk about, even after the FA Cup, 
one more. We know what we want. Mm. This is the this is the competition the players want. It just it feels like the right time, the right club, the right squad. I just yeah, something about that game really switched for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that full time in that game, you know, you speak about the Etihad Stadium being a fortress, and the noise was just incredible. It was deafening. It was fantastic. It was one of those that was. There's so many from the season that will stick with you forever, but that game really was, as Morph says, the most complete performance. Um, John, your your moment of the Champions League run so far? I can't look past actually the the, the second goal in the first leg against Bayern, um, mm. the one um, where everyone did everyone else's job, <laughs> and yeah. that, that just, was great. Great analysis, John. Just, uh, just being like, you know, this isn't like a this this team is so multidimensional that anything that anyone throws at them, they they see excellence day in day out in training and just replicate it wherever they are on the pitch. They know their role wherever they find themselves. You know that that it's it's so well drilled into them that this team is is fully equipped to win this tournament for the first time. Yeah, but was that the one where Grealish was pressing, Harland was crossing, and Bernardo Silva was what, heading home at the home? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's like a, um, a future when Futurama and Simpsons did the crossovers, and it just didn't look right at all. But it was, it was all, it was good nonetheless. Um, finally, then to wrap us off, then more of your your moment of the Champions League campaign so far. I got two quick ones. The first one is seven uh, 0 against Leipzig when the ball just seemed to keep falling to Erling Haaland in front of the goal. I just remember giggling to myself like this guy's a joke he was giggling as well yeah it. <laughs> was that the pep uh when, when pep was doing this yeah, little, with yeah. his thumb thing yeah that was cool and the other one is just how casually kyle walker chased down vinnie jr <laughs> and uh stole the ball right at the six yard box uh probably that was that was pretty cool yeah it was like a, an older dog with it with the new puppy who's just yeah. coming. he's like no you are not having this for you are not having this toy um i guess i guess i'll have one i'll, I'll throw one in there and, and i suppose it's not one that many people will be privy about but at full time in the Bayern Munich away game at the Allianz they started playing the most bizarre song choice it was fantastic but they started playing Lucky Man by the Verve mm. at full time Gym. in the Allianz and you know this 75 cacophony of, of noise and, and and it's just turned into I'm a lucky man and I think that was sort of it was a, it was a crowning moment and hopefully it was one that we'll, we'll all sort of think back on and say yeah we have been the lucky men but guys that was that was absolutely ace at Mulf Firstly, thank you very much for joining us. Where can people hear your ramblings? I'm sure they already know. If you're listening to this, you know where to find you, but just in case. Yeah, I'm off Noisy Pod. Uh, it's a weekly city podcast based here in the States. Um, a partner and I, uh, Joey McCune, do it. Uh, find us on all the podcast apps. Just type in Noisy Neighbours with the American spelling of neighbours and uh, sorted. Thank you. Fantastic. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure anytime. Um, John, thank you very much. Enjoy the game Saturday. Any particular plans that you'd, you'd like to share? Uh, I've I've had to work very hard to to get the the afternoon off work. I was meant to be working the whole day, and Jeez. I have um, through through you know to the extent that I have actually had to like my wife had childcare arranged, and I've mm-hmm. actually I've had to we've had to kind of cancel that so that I can <laughs> have the excuse the of childcare. I know, um, to, to kind of come back and Is that, do that like the, so. the best dad ever, wanting to do childcare instead of uh, cancelling the childcare because you want to do it? Yeah, there, there are benefits to living in the States where, in, or in an area where not a lot of people know a lot about what's happening in European yeah. 
football. So this yeah. is one of them. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Um, Joe, any any more intriguing plans than that? Or is it just a regular <laughs> one for you? No. Uh, yeah, it's, it, the game is wedged firmly between my nephew's christening and dinner with my in-laws. So um, <laughs> I can't tell if that's a blessing because I'm going to be preoccupied or... I'm not going to give either of them the time of day and just be thinking about cities. So we'll see. Well, consider it's a christening. It is literally a blessing, isn't it? So this is true. This is true. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, God, even God will be on our side on Saturday. But guys, that was that was a lot of fun. If you haven't already, please hit follow, hit subscribe. This has been the City Report podcast. Two more episodes in your podcast feed left to come this week before the big one on Saturday. Until next time, we'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.